Wouldn't it be great if Christians could talk about the Bible and various issues without fighting or arguing or name-calling? Imagine if we could just sit down, have a cup of coffee, discuss, and even if we disagree, treat each other with respect. That's what this podcast is all about. Kind, loving, Christian conversations. It's not a sermon or a Bible class. It's just followers of Jesus talking about life and faith. I hope this show encourages you to have conversations like this with people in your life. I'm Wes McAdams, and I want to welcome you to the Crosstalk Podcast. My guest today is my very good friend, Michael Monday. In this conversation, we discussed our identity as Christians and building real relationships with our church family. What does it mean to be part of the family of God? And are we really enjoying the blessings of being part of that family? I think you'll be challenged and encouraged by this discussion. So I guess where that kind of comes from is, um, you know, we, we, we see each other in the hallways. You know, we come and worship and, and we come together. And um, so much of our, our interaction is, uh, is very surface, very surface level. And I think, I think that God always intended for um, those, especially within the church, to have relationships, right? He talks about um, having relationships so intimate that we, we confess our, our struggles, our, our sins to one another. And um, I, that can be a struggle for me too, you know, because I'm, I'm a little bit more reserved. It takes me a little bit to come out of my shell. And so I get it. Um, I understand the thought of um, just really struggling, you know, if they only knew what was going on mm-hmm. in my world right mm-hmm. now. And, I, you know, and and um, this is all pointed at me, too. I, I, like I said, this is a struggle that I deal with every day. I, I forget my name sometimes. And I'm not talking about the one that my, my mom gave me. I'm talking about the one that, that God gave me when he adopted me. You know, mm-hmm. you think about the process of adoption. It's, it's, a, it's a very lengthy process. Yeah. And it takes a lot to go through that. And um, God decided to do that with me, you know, um, adopt me. And so sometimes I can forget that he calls me son. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to remind myself of that. And I need others to remind me of that as well. And I, I think we just, we struggle when we don't have those uh, relationships that are yeah. go beyond surface level. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny that we're talking about identity because I think that's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. And I think that that's, that's what, um, that's what the entire, <laughs> that's what the entire Bible is about, is about God. And I always say the Bible is about God and being his covenant people. And so it's all about, as people, whether or not they will choose to embrace that identity of being God's covenant people, both for the Jew in the Old Testament and then for Jew and Gentile, those that are in Christ. And like you said, we're adopted into his family. And whether or not we really, and you said, I like the way you said that, that we forget Sometimes we forget our own name or we or we doubt it or we don't think about it or we don't embrace it. And and so I you know, it's amazing how many things that God put into place, I think, particularly to help our identity be formed 
and be solidified in our heart and mind. And like you said, relationships are part of that. I think just even just being here, assembling together, all of that is a reminder of who we are. It's like a family reunion. You know, when we come to a family reunion, it reminds us, oh yeah, I'm a part of a really maybe crazy family or maybe I'm part of a really awesome family or whatever, but it reminds us of our roots and where we came from. And, uh, and if we don't have that, if we don't come together and if we don't do more than just come together and build those deeper relationships, then we do day in and day out. We forget who we are and we believe the lie that we're still the part of the world and that we're not, we're not God's kids. He's not our father. And, we forget that identity. You know, you mentioned, you know, being part of the world. And I, I, that's something that, because um, I didn't grow up in the church, so it's I come from a little bit different perspective. But um, the last four or five years, I've really had to make some some decisions on what, um, what I was allowing, what sermon I was allowing to be preached to me. Mm. Um, and... You know, I, I'm not sure who said it not too long ago in one of the lessons uh, that was given, but he, he said, every day you're being preached to a sermon. And that really resonated with me and um, kind of helped me see how we can go through a transformation if we choose to um, be obedient, you know, in um, some of the conversations we've been having in classes, you know, um, you know like last night, I think obedience I don't always feel close to God. Mm. I don't always feel like he's right there. Mm-hmm. I know he is. I know he is, but it's that unbelief that comes in, right? And there's times where I don't feel close to him. So what do I do in those moments when, when I don't feel connected or close to him? Um, I, I think I, I've had to learn just be obedient. Mm-hmm. Obedience is what he wants. And um, that's a hard thing for me to to get down sometimes. Um, but what I was going to say is, is distractions are a big part of what, uh, I think Satan uses Mm -hmm. to keep us from having real relationships with each other. Right. We've got, um, I don't want to step on any toes, but we've got, you know, cheerleading practice or we got baseball or we got Sunday football. We got all these things. Um, and and those can be great things. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, but, um, God wants, us to put him first. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that, right? He's looking to protect us. He's not doing these things. I don't personally believe because he needs to put these rules out there for us. He knows what's good for us, right? I mean, it's, it, he knows what's going to be best for us through this life to be able to make it through it and to be able to, to really fulfill our purpose of honoring him. Um, you know, it's it's like uh, an inventor inventing a toaster, and then that toaster trying to be, um, you know, a blender. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have to understand. I have to understand what God really created me for. He created yeah. for me for worship, and He created me uh, to be there for one another, um, to make this an easier journey. Maybe not always easy when we go. We're going through things, but. Um, certainly can be a more rewarding journey. Yeah. You know, man, you, you hit on so many things there that I, I wish I could remember everything you just said. But, but you know, something I was thinking about even last night was that our deity determines our identity. Whoever we worship shapes who we believe that we are. And if we worship 
sports or our country or, you know, sexuality or whatever it is that we worship, whatever that we think is an ultimate thing. It's something that makes life worth living. If I didn't have this, I, I wouldn't be. And that's, that's it. And when we, and worship is ascribing to someone or something worth and saying, you are worth my devotion. You are worth my, my allegiance. And so when we worship something, it shapes our identity and we become a worshiper of that. And that is our identity. And like you said, when when a toaster knows who created it and why it was created, then it's its identity is shaped around its creator and and it does what it's supposed to do. But when it worships something else as its creator, when it takes a create another created thing and elevates it to a place of deity, then it's, it's mixed up. There's an identity crisis and it thinks that it's something other than what it is. And we've got, we, we end up living lives and, and embracing identities that are wrong because it goes back to what are you worshiping? Who, who do you worship? And when we have an idol in our life, then our, our identity is confused. And, and then our identity helps to determine our priorities. And so we worship the wrong thing and then we have the wrong identity and then our priorities are all mixed up. And, but when, like you were saying, when we get everything in the right order and we, we worship God and we know who we are, that we belong to him, we embrace the identity he's given us. And then we have these priorities that he's laid out of obedience and doing what he, doing his will and putting his will above our own man, everything just, it clicks so much better. And we function as the types of human beings that we were created to be rather than the way that we used to function. And, and we still obviously struggle and, and accidentally function in those ways um, that are confused and, and misguided and misdirected and misidentified. I love, I love something you said there. And it kind of made me think of this thought. I love Jesus and um, the fact that he was willing to redeem us. But so many times we settle for the redemptive plan, Mm. you know, Um, and I I struggle with that daily. And um, I think that goes into what you were talking about, obedience. These, I don't think, you know, we do ourselves a disservice when we continue to settle for the redemptive plan over and over and over again. But it's it's what we've been doing for forever since Adam and Eve, right? And um, I want the original plan some days. You know, I want to experience the the fullest blessing of what He wants to bless me with. Mm-hmm. And that takes, you know, we talked about relationships. That takes me getting out of my head and what I want and having a real relationship with him and understanding what he desires from me. And that's a struggle for me daily. And, um, you know, any relationship, you and I couldn't have a decent relationship if I didn't understand things about you that you're comfortable with, Mm -hmm. boundaries, um, what you enjoy, what what brings you joy. You and I aren't going to be able to have that really deep relationship Mm -hmm. unless we're we get to know each other Mm -hmm. and um i've had to spend some time getting to know god and um you know in the beginning it was it it was difficult because i was like man i've wasted so much time Mm -hmm. i've wasted so much time 
Um, but eventually you just have to, you just have to start. Yeah. You just have to start. And, um, I really just want to experience, like I said, his, his original blessing that he wants to give me. Mm-hmm. And when I try to sit in there and tweak it, you know, um, it, it, it never goes the way he really, I think originally planned it. For, so then he's got to come in there. All right, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me come mm-hmm. in there and, you know, um, take care of you again. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that you hit on so many good things there. That one is that, you, going back to something you said quite a bit ago, you were saying about the way that we feel and then obeying. And so often our emotions follow our actions, that when we do what we're supposed to do, then the the feeling follows that. But so often we 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 want the feeling to come first and we want to feel like doing it and we want to feel it and we don't feel it. And we, like you said earlier about feeling close to God and, you know, and sometimes we just have to do it and just trust him and just do what we know is the right thing to do. And then, then the feeling of closeness often follows that, that obedience that, and that's what faith is that, that relationship with God happens by faith when we're real willing to step out there and do what he calls us to do, even when we don't feel it, even when we're afraid, even when we don't feel close to him, we do what he calls us to do and we will never experience that type of closeness closeness until we step out there and do it. And then I, everything you're describing is seeking, it's seeking God. And so often I think we don't do that. You know, we want God to save us. We want God to forgive us. We want God to take away our guilt and our shame and make us feel better about ourselves. But are we seeking him, seeking a relationship with him? Um, do we treasure that? Is that something that we, it, once we have it, is it something that we treasure? Because so often it, if, if our, our only concern is, I just want God to forgive me when I mess up, because, <laughs> you know, we do. And if our only concern is, well, you know, I mess up and God forgives me, whatever. But if we really treasured that relationship, then I think the the fear, you know, we often talk about fearing God, that it's not, it's not just about fearing condemnation or fearing judgment. It's fearing disappointment. And when you really love somebody, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a friend, I mean, it would break my heart to know that I hurt your feelings. If I said something and then later you told me, Wes, that really hurt my feelings when you said that, that would that would crush me. It's not that you're going to judge me or you're going to condemn me or throw me in jail or something like that. It's that I, I damaged our, our friendship. And do we treasure that? Is that something that we're, we're seeking and that we want to hold on to and that we want to do God's will because we don't want to disappoint him and we want we want this relationship to be the very best that it can be? And I think, like you were saying there, you know, being aware of feelings, being aware of um, how we're communicating with with each other, mm-hmm. um, and not wanting to hurt someone feel someone's feelings. Um, you know, I think, I think it kind of for me goes back to distractions again, and um, you know. Being sober-minded used to mean something different to me uh, when it talks about that in the Bible, and I understand that a little differently now. Sober-minded to me now means removing the distractions mm. and having a focus that uh, allows me to have a, a, a relationship 
with uh, with my brothers and sisters and with God to where I can I can pick up on things that I might not normally um, be aware of. We have to be sober minded. And, you know, you think about um, Jesus. You know, when he uh, was baptized, um, because he said it was good to do that. And um, what happened right after that? This this pinnacle moment where you know the father spoke uh, to to his son. He was tempted and tested. And so I have to remember that when I have those good feelings, mm-hmm. oh, things are going pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and then we slack a mm-hmm. little bit. We get comfortable and, but like you said, we have to remember that, that grace that was just there not too long ago mm-hmm. and really just kind of keep that with us in our back pocket to where we we can be aware and, um, so much of Christianity for me is preparation, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a it's a continuous thing daily. Yeah. I, I understand, um, and I've 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 had some really good men that have that have been in my life that have helped me understand this. But I know I'm never going to arrive, and as soon as I think I arrive, I'm going to fall. Mm-hmm. And um, it really just takes being aware that. Every situation is an opportunity, mm-hmm. and um, you know I have to I have to constantly kind of look at it like that. Every op- every situation is an opportunity, whether it's it's bad or good. It's an opportunity to give uh, God praise for that victory, mm-hmm. or it's an opportunity to um, see how I'm going to respond to something. Mm-hmm. Have I grown? Am I growing? Am I stretching out? What am I doing? Am I actively participating in this relationship, in this grace and mercy that I've been given? Mm-hmm. And all of these things that I, I, I keep thinking, I, I wonder if people listening are are seeing how all of these things tie together, but they do. They're so they're so tied together of who who God calls us to be, this relationship that He calls us into, this identity, and the awareness. And the preparation, like you said, that should come with that so that we're sober-minded, so that we we live our lives with our eyes open, where we're paying attention to where might this decision lead me? And because so often we want to know, is this right or wrong? It's like, well, you know, that's a good question, but there's a there's other questions too, you know, maybe not better or worse, but just other questions that we need to ask. Like, is this wise? Is this headed in the right direction? Does this help my relationship with God or does it hinder it? And, and for other people that are around us, does it help their relationship with God or hinder their relationship with God? Living our lives with this, this awareness and this preparation and this vision that is opened up by embracing our identity as God's chosen people and, and walking through life, looking at everything that we do with that sort of spiritual lens that we're, we're looking at things through. And then the relationships that we have with other people that can help that or hinder that, that, that remind us of that. And so when I'm around you, I don't have any problem remembering who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing and what kind of a man I'm being called to be. And, and that, that we're brothers and we're in this battle together and we've got this, this awesome, relationship and this calling and we're just part of this epic story but then when I'm with somebody else or when I'm with my by myself or when I'm out doing this or I'm this place or this is going on or when I just get forgetful then I forget what I'm a part of and like you said I forget my own name and and I think every single one of us do that and how many people are 
intentionally pulling themselves out of Christian relationships, or if they have Christian relationships, they're all just very shallow and superficial. And how how much you know? And people ask silly questions. To me, it's a silly question. They're like, "Well, am I? Can I still go to heaven if I don't come to church all the time? Or do I have to come on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights?" It's like it's so much bigger than that. It, it's it's that if you don't have these relationships. How do you remember who you are? How how do you take part and participate in what we're doing here if you don't have those sort of connections? Yeah, reminds me of um, that thought. You know, the correct response to to God's God's grace and mercy is is gratitude. Yeah, and that really, you know, when I heard that some months back, that really resonated with me gratitude of coming and and being you know involved in these relationships being able to understand what the needs are of the church the early church had a good idea of that Mm -hmm. and um we're so spread out yeah you know we're so spread out and i know that's a challenge but even more of a reason to come together when we can and um you know, come together at lunches and, and try to, because that's where the accountability ties in. I can't tell you about what I'm struggling with mm-hmm. and uh, invite some accountability into my life unless you and I are meeting or, or getting together outside of this building mm-hmm. or whatever building. And um, that takes uh, intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes a desire. Um like you said, you mentioned seeking out earlier. You know, so many times in the past, I've just been like, oh, God, give me patience. God, bless me with this. Bless me with joy. Bless me with all of these things. Like he's a butler. He's not a mm-hmm. butler, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, I have to I have to kind of adjust that prayer and that, that discussion with God into help me to seek the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, bind all of these things together to you know, in my seeking so, so I can, I can truly experience it versus, cause he's not, I, I don't believe that God's just going to hand it over to me mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't see any evidence of him ever doing that mm-hmm. in, in, the, in our story before. Yeah. It, it takes a response. Um, you know, when we obey Christ, the, the, when we obey the, the gospel, the, the plan, it takes a response. And, um, you know, it's it's there. He's 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 waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take a response. We can't just expect these things just to kind of. And we're such a gratification society. Yeah. So I do Instant, under, understand yeah. where it comes from. Yeah, I get for sure. it. And that's why we have to continue to, you know, build up those emotional muscles and, mm-hmm. and practicing these things every day. And yeah. just kind of like you said, asking myself, where was my identity in today? Mm-hmm. Was it in my professional career? Was it in, um, you know, my friendships? Um, or, you know, we have to even ask ourselves as, as fathers and, and mothers, was it in just trying to be a parent? Mm-hmm. Because those can become uh, situations that are, you, you know, aren't good either when yeah. you're placing your, your family and your kid. You know, it's like Paul talks about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those worldly things that we, we struggle with. So we, again, for me, it's just constantly being sober-minded, which is, you know, not that hard for me because I'm an overthinker. <laughs> you know, I, I can just, I can think, 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 think. Uh, it can be a 
bad thing. Sometimes I have to just shut my brain off, but you know, that's important. Again, gets into the discussions, um, with my, my brothers, uh, especially cause we, we understand the same things that we struggle with and go through. Yeah. Well, and you know, you were saying all that about, you know, asking, asking God for whatever it is, the, the fruit of the spirit, you know, it reminded me of what James says about consider it all joy when you encounter trials of various kinds, because that's what produces character. And, and so I don't know where we get this thinking that if we ask God for something, some spiritual blessing, some maturity, some increase in our maturity, increase in wisdom, increase in character, increase in patience or whatever, that it's just going to be this download. You know, we're going to go to sleep one <laughs> night and he's going to download it into our brain or something. Uh-huh. And then we'll wake up the next day and wow, I'm such more patient person today. Yes, we need to be praying, and yes, it's from God, but so often it comes it comes through trial, embracing our identity, and then walking through a trial, trusting in God, that exercise like it's like a muscle. and if you if you exercise using your muscles, then over time it's going to build those muscles. So you walk through various trials, trusting in God, and it's going to build that character. But it's also in the context of the church family. You know, it's it's interesting that almost every time the New Testament talks about the work of the Spirit, it's almost always talking, sometimes it is in the individual Christian, in your body, that your body is a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. But for the most part, it's in the context of this community. So yes, I believe the Spirit dwells in Wes, but I believe in a in a more biblical sense, in a more full sense, it dwells in us as a community. And so the Spirit is working through Michael to influence and impact and mold and shape me. And he's working through Wes to, to work on Michael. And he's working through all of us as a body. And that's exactly what Paul says in Ephesians 4. It is this body that works to build itself up together in love. And that's what we so often, we, we live in this individualistic culture where we think, oh yeah, yeah, I want to be a Christian, but I'm just, me and God, we just kind of got our, our thing worked out, you know, and I just, you know, I pray and I read my Bible and, you know, I'm, you know, I go to church every, every now and then or whatever. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's never, that was never Jesus' design for growing you into the person God would have you to be. It's that you you serve your brothers and sisters and you hold their hand when they're sick and you minister to them when they've lost loved ones and then they do that for you and you walk through this whole messy, dirty, broken life together and the Spirit of God is binding you together and working on you together within the context of this community, if you pull yourself out of that, then you, at the very least, shortchange yourself on on what the Spirit is going to do in your life. Yeah. This Christian thing takes humility. Oh, for sure. And um, something that kind of hit me this week was just, um, it was in, it was in a, a study that we had, I think, last weekend. Um God always intended for us to have these relationships within the church body. And, um, you know, I think a lot of that is for that correction. And uh, when we think of correction, well, you know, I, I, no one wants to be told what to do. I, uh, I don't, yeah. don't want to be told what to do, but I do want, 
I do want to not be separated from God. Mm-hmm. And as, as difficult as that is to hear correction from a brother, I know if it's coming within um, the right situation, if it's done in love, um, you feel that. Mm-hmm. You feel that. And, and I think that's why uh, God intended us for, to have these relationships. It's a little bit more difficult to do that when you're talking about outside of the church body, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's probably why we, we need to be very careful as far as giving that correction to others mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. where we're not on the same page. Right. We don't have the same. Um, so I think that that's important, but I think we're just scared to do it. You know, mm-hmm. we wear these masks. And uh, so many of the times we put them on in the car, you know, we just got done. And, and, and I, you know, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm I'm part of this whole conversation right. that I'm talking about. Me, too. Everybody is. I mean, yeah. none of us are perfect. But it's like, I don't know what it is. God designed something within us when we, when we free that thing that we struggle with. It has no power. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know. Satan using that because that's what he does. Yeah. He wants to keep you in that place. His his scream becomes a little whisper until eventually it's mm-hmm. it's not there. And um, if we can't have the humility to release that power of oh people are going to know my my stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Everybody has stuff. Mm-hmm. You talk to each other a little bit and you find that out very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do have to protect each other. You know, it's the, these are things that if someone shares something with you or have these relationships, you know, you have to be appropriate about it, mm-hmm. right? You know, we need to protect each other. Um, privacy, Those, all those things are important, especially in today's society with technology and stuff can get, uh, I mean, it's, it's all beyond me. Sure. But um, it can get, things can get, get jumbled up. Um, but I think the humility is such an important part of us having a relationship with God, number mm-hmm. one, realizing who he is and realizing who we are. Um, and then number two, just, just realizing that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And um, one, of the, one of the most difficult things for me to do uh, sometimes can be to say I'm sorry. Um, and I think that that's an important part of our relationship with our kids. Mm-hmm. If, if I have two daughters and if, if my daughters can see that it's okay, that, that their dad, cause, cause kids, you know, they, they look up to their parents and, um, it's difficult to see them in any other light except a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we can give them those opportunities to see dad struggles with stuff too, they feel as if, okay, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to keep trying. Yeah. I just have to keep trying every day to do my best and uh, to love God with everything that I have, but he, he's not expecting me to be perfect. Okay. I can do that. But when we give them the false impression with these masks that we put on that we're perfect and that, you know, just put the game on the game face on kids, you know, we're, we're walking into church. They get a whole identity crisis going on for themselves mm-hmm. and they carry that into their school and then you know how, how can we expect them to to be a light if we don't give them the basics of just what christianity really is mm-hmm. it's not a surface level thing it is a day in day out it encompasses everything that we do and um that's a hard one you know because we go we go into our workplace 
I'm, I'm blessed to, to be in a workplace where I can put my Bible on the table and it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, it provokes questions or evokes questions and things like that. Um, but not everybody's in that situation. And I think like you were saying earlier, you know, how do we handle this whole thing when we go in an environment that's hostile Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we could even lose our job if, if we don't react a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets really difficult. But again, we have to seek out that wise counsel, even within those situations. Mm -hmm. So we don't feel like we're in it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why it's so important too, for us to come together and to not forsake the assembly and recharge our batteries when we when we when we have that opportunity, because otherwise we're running around all day on a, you know a battery that's flashing. Mm-hmm. And can 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 we honestly say that that we're really going to be able to to go to our fullest potential if we aren't able to recharge with our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that we have that you know that extra energy we can get from those those times together. Yeah. You know something, this, I may be the only person in the world that does this, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm not. Um, I think that a lot of us, right. I should say, I, I know that I do. I have imaginary conversations in my head. <laughs> so yes, I, I have voices in my You're head and I, and, I, and I talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but I have these conversations in my head of what might happen if I said this, if I was to tell this person this, whether it's being really honest with them about something I think that they're doing wrong and they're headed down a wrong path, what's their response going to be? If if I have to share with them how they've hurt me, how are they going to respond? You know, we, we often assume that if I, if I went, oh, man, if I tell this guy that he hurt me, then he's going to he's going to be defensive and he's going to say this and he's going to say that and then I'm going to say this and we we carry out the whole conversation in our head. We do that with spouses, we do that with our kids, we do that with you know people at church and we say, "Well, if I if I told them this, or maybe it's us confessing a sin to them. If I were to confess this to them, they're going to think I'm a loser, they're going to hate me, they're going to think I'm a hypocrite, they're, they're never going to talk to me again. Or if I tell my kids the truth and I and I apologize to them, then they're going to think that I'm, you know, whatever and, and they're not going to respect me anymore. And we we have this conversation in our head of how we think things will go, and Satan loves that because those types of conversations, at least the conversations that happen in my head, are so unhealthy. They're, they're not a reflection of reality. They're a reflection of my fear. And, the, and so often it turns out when you actually have them, they're nothing like they were in your head. And, and, and we have to, like you said, drag those fears out into the light of day. We have to drag our confessions out. We have to drag our admonishment out. We have to dra- be real with each other. And when we are, then we, these healthy relationships can bloom and grow but when we have these conversations in our head of fear, bitterness, anger, resentment, unconfessed sin, whatever it is, it just festers. It's like this wound that's festering under the surface. And we're, we're essentially having a fight with somebody or hiding something from somebody, and they may not have any idea. They just know that we're like a little standoffish. 
and think, why, why are they being so standoffish? I don't understand what's going on. Well, in your head, you got this whole conversation going on over here and they're not privy to it. And if you were to bring it out, then the relationship could heal and things could get better. But, but those real conversations are so much healthier than the ones that we just pretend and we run through and rehearse in our mind. Yeah. It, you're not the only one, by the way, but, um, that does that whole rat race is what it feels like <laughs> yeah. sometimes. But, but I, I think there is some wisdom to that, right? Because James talks about that and be slow, being slow to speak sure, yeah. and quick to listen. So I think that, that, you know, overall, that's a good practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to kind of test our ways, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I also think what, a, what, what's kind of going on underneath all of that with, with me personally when I get into those situations is a spiritual battle mm-hmm. that, that the devil doesn't want me to recognize that's yeah. actually going on. And so then again, we get back into this whole identity crisis because if he can get me questioning who I am mm-hmm. and so concerned with how this person's going to respond or what is that going to make me look like if I do this or mm-hmm. if I do that, um, then he's got me where he wants me. Mm-hmm. Wants and um, so we have to be on guard in those situations. And sometimes just, you know, sometimes, so many times I, I will, I will pray. And um, this is, this is something over the last year or so that I've, I've kind of realized I, I'll pray and then turn my, flip my radio back on. Like, you know, what if, what if our interactions with our kids were like that? <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there and, and, um, my daughter comes up to me and she's, she's talking to me about something and she's asking me to help with something. And, and, um, right after she gets done having this conversation, this meaningful conversation with me about all of her struggles, she just flips the TV back on to whatever, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I do that in the past more than now, but I've done that with God. And, and so I don't allow myself to receive and mm-hmm. listen, um, because it, it it is a spiritual thing. We have to realize that it's not just physical and, um, God works in mysterious ways Mm -hmm. and he works in all kinds of different ways throughout our life. But if I don't open myself up to listen Mm -hmm. and try to seek him out Mm -hmm. and hear what he really has to say, um, then I I just, it's just a routine. Yeah. It's just a prayer routine then. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because we do have the, the spirit dwelling inside of us, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that gift that helps us through those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't personally hear, you know, uh, God speaking to me like a loud right. voice or anything, but I, I do feel that spirit working within mm-hmm. me, helping mm-hmm. me. If I'll be able, if I allow that safe place, mm-hmm. that open place, mm-hmm. um, so I just, I, the spiritual part of this, I think, is so important. And that's um, just understanding that there are spiritual battles going mm-hmm. on all, all around us. And I think that's important, too, when we're dealing with other people in relationships. Um, not being so quick to, you know, to dislike that person. Mm-hmm. I think that's why God talks about, you know, it, it's... It's more about disliking the action or the sin, mm-hmm. but not making it a personal um, situation, which, which again, takes humility. Um, humility is such a big part of our, our, 
our faith, mm-hmm. our, this Christian walk. And, you know, you look at the example that Jesus gave, gave us in humility and uh, just realizing that um, the throne that he left and um, that took, that that's the one quality about Jesus that just really stands out to me is just the humility. And uh, for whatever reason, that's a, that's a difficult one for me. Um, so I have to I have to constantly practice in that every day. Yeah, we all do. And I think that that goes right back to it goes right back to who we worship and and what our identity is, and and realizing that our identity is sainthood, but that that's an identity that's that's received and not achieved. You know, it's 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 an identity that that we we accept from God. And we only can accept it if we realize that we're sinful and we're broken and we're wrong and we need to be forgiven. And and that, I mean, if we constantly live in that place that says, I am holy and I am forgiven and I am cherished and loved by God because he is gracious to me, a sinner, I, I mean, that that just helps us to navigate every single area of our life. How could we how could we treat anybody with disdain? How could we look down our nose at anybody? How could we mistreat anybody when we realize where we came from and who, what we deserve? You know, it's funny, I people, when they ask, and Dave Ramsey says that on the radio, and that, I think that's where I got it originally, but when people ask how he's doing, he says better, better than I deserve. <laughs> better than yeah. I deserve. And I guess a lot of people haven't heard that. Uh, but when I say that to people, they say, no, Wes, don't, don't say that. You're, you deserve a lot. Yeah. And I think, no, 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 hold on. Do you know what I deserve? Because I know what I deserve, and I deserve death, death I, yeah. a, a horrible death. Um, but you know, it, it's just interesting to me how, how people think that that's being self-deprecating or something that it's, it's being rude to yourself, beating yourself up. I'm, I'm not beating myself up. I'm saying God is a gracious God and he has given me so much more than I deserve. I don't deserve two kids that call me dad. I don't deserve to breathe air. I don't deserve a wife. I don't deserve food to eat. I don't deserve a roof over my head. God is gracious. And that doesn't mean that I'm having a pity party. That means I'm I'm having a celebration over here because I mean, everything that I have is a gift from God. And that should be reflected. Like you said, gratitude, the proper response to grace is gratitude. And you can't have gratitude and arrogance and pride at the same time. You You have to, you can only be grateful if you're humble. But so often we, we get into that that mindset, we, we, like you said in the very beginning, we forget who we are. We forget our name. We forget to be, to be grateful. We forget to be humble. And we, we think that we've achieved something or that we deserve something. Or when we don't have something, we you know, kind of have a pity party because we mm-hmm. think, well, I, I deserve that. Everybody else has that. Why don't I have that? How come they don't treat me better than that? I don't deserve to be treated like this by so-and-so. And it's like, well, but stop and just look at what you have. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's also this underlying uh, thought of all of us just not believing we're enough, too, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think we we do have to we do have to be careful with social media. It can be a wonderful tool. It can be a wonderful tool if used properly. But um, and this goes into you know the things that we watch, the the things that we involve ourselves in a part of. 
if we're not careful, we can we can constantly set ourselves up for failure because we're comparing ourselves to a right. false belief. Yeah. Um, that you know, and when you see when you see those things, when when you only see the surface level, right? That that perfect family or that that perfect whatever it is, then we start believing. Well, I'm not enough. Mm. I'm not. I'm not enough. And when we're comparing ourselves to that, um. And I think really all we can do is compare ourselves to how we are living, um, walking with God. That's that's where we need to be, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Because when we're comparing ourselves to one another, it gets messy. Mm-hmm. And uh, pride works its way in really mm-hmm. well <laughs> in those situations. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that's why God, again, gets into him protecting us, I think, I think that's a big part of why he doesn't want any other idols. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want any of those things in our life because if we're focused on him and we're we're doing our best to try to please him and we're concerned about not disappointing him, then it just it, it works its way out into our lives with so many different tentacles and reaching people in in all kinds of different ways that we could never imagine. But when we are just focused on self, 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 what do I get out of this situation or what am I getting out of this? Um, then it's just, it's a struggle. You're just, you're, you're constantly, you're in a race you can't win. Mm-hmm. And I want to be in a race that, that at the end of it, you know, he says those, those words that we all want to hear as Christians, right? You know, good and faithful servant, you know. And so uh, it, we just have to constantly kind of, you know, go back and touch that home base throughout the day, you know. And you ever play tag when you're, you know, mm. okay, get, get to home base, yeah. God's home base. If we can keep that, that idea of him being home base and just constantly checking in with him. Um, my guys at work think I'm probably a little strange because I'll, I'll disappear in the in the restroom sometimes and, and you know I just I just need a few moments to pray you know um, and uh, I, I think it's a it's a constant effort yeah it's a constant effort I hope you found that conversation as encouraging as I did if you haven't done so already please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode and it would really help others discover this podcast if you would leave us a rating or review on iTunes Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts As always, I love you, God loves you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.